my citizen legislators. I'm going to talk about something else that has been going on. It's been in the media for a good while. We're now going to talk about the judicial branch of government. And we're going to talk about the Supreme Court of the United States or SCOTUS for short. Y'all know what I'm about to get into. You already know what I'm about to talk about. This is Crystal Ellery, the host of Topless Government, the podcast that blows the top off how your government works. This is across, my podcast is across between Schoolhouse Rock and Civics for the Masses. Let's get into this. Now, my citizen legislators, the hits keep coming about the Supreme Court. This episode, I want to talk about the recent lapses of judgment from members of the Supreme Court of the United States. I'm just going to call it SCOTUS. I just told you that. Let's talk about ProPublica. They have been doing a wonderful job shining the light on this. Oh, my Lord. So ProPublica is an independent nonprofit newsroom that produces investigative journalism with a moral force. According to ProPublica's website, its mission is the following, to expose abuses of power and portrayals of the public trust by government, business, and other institutions using the moral force of investigative journalism to spur reform through the sustained spotlighting of wrongdoing. I like that. ProPublica's investigating um, stories that have shed sunshine on how members of SCOTUS have crossed the ethical line and the integrity of the court is it now in question. It's been in question for quite some time for me, particularly last year when they overturned Roe v. Wade, but I digress. So in light of everything that's been going on with Clarence Thomas and, you know, um, Harlan Crow buying his mama's house in Georgia, Harlan Crow paying for his adoptive nephew to go to this private school, uh, the fact that lavish vacations, you know, yachts. Yeah, let's get into it. So the Senate Judiciary Committee held a hearing on the Supreme Court ethics reform on May 2nd 2023. Witnesses testifying at that hearing on that day were the Honorable Jeremy Fogel, who's the Executive Director of Berkeley uh, Judicial Institute and former U.S. District Judge for the Northern District of California. And he also is with the University of California at Berkeley Law School. Um, Kedrick Payne, Vice President, General Counsel, and Senior Director of Ethics at the Campaign Legal Center in Washington, D.C., Amanda Frost, John A. Ewald, Jr., Research Professor of Law at the University of Virginia School of Law in Charlottesville, Virginia, the Honorable Michael Muskie, former U.S. Attorney General and former U.S. District Judge for the Southern District of New York. He lives in New York City. And finally, Thomas Dupree, Jr., partner and co-chair of the Appellate and Constitutional Law Practice Group at Gibson, Dunn, and Crutcher in Washington, D.C. 
Now, Senate Judiciary Committee Chairman, Senator Richard Durbin, Democrat from Illinois, invited SCOTUS Chief Justice John Roberts to testify. And lo and behold, Chief Justice Roberts declined. And this is what he said. And I quote, he called such testimony by chief justices was exceedingly rare, exceedingly rare. Now, there are no ethics for the Supreme Court, for SCOTUS, but it is for the district courts and the appellate courts. But there's none, so to speak, for SCOTUS. So I want to just like go into what Forbes.com, their article. Here are the recent controversies Supreme Court justices have been caught up in as Senate hears case for code of ethics. Okay. The Senate committee held a hearing on the Supreme Court ethics reform with a panel of legal experts. And I just, gave you the names and the titles of those legal experts. After committee chair, Senator Dick Durbin, Democrat from Illinois, invited Chief Justice John Roberts to testify at the hearing. And again, he declined, okay, because it's exceedingly rare for a Chief Justice to provide testimony. Okay, whatever. So when you come hand in hat for fiscal year, 2024 budget for the Supreme Court. Yeah, okay. You're not gonna testify? All right, fine. Um, so here are some key facts according to the Forbes.com article. Um, lawmakers have re you know renewed their push for a binding ethics code for the Supreme Court, which the justices do not have. Now, mind you, this is SCOTUS justices that do not have a code, an ethics code, a binding ethics code. Unlike lower federal judges. So following ProPublica's reports detailing Justice Clarence Thomas's dealings with GOP mega donor, Harlan Crow, whom Thomas has reportedly accepted gifts and luxury travel for years without disclosing it as federal law requires. Interesting. I'm just, I got my head to the side because I'm trying, I'm side-eyeing eyeing Clarence Thomas. You didn't know? You've been on the bench since the 80s, whatever. Well, nothing applies to you, but that's okay. So we're going to go into some more key facts according to Forbes.com. Crow also purchased real estate in Savannah, Georgia, from Thomas in 2014, including the home where the justice's mother reportedly still lives. This was reported by ProPublica, which he did not disclose as required. Thomas has also drawn significant controversy over his wife, Jimmy insurrectionist Thomas, right-wing activism particularly as she supported efforts to overturn the 2020 election as Thomas was hearing cases on it. And 
the justice has been criticized for failing to recuse himself in a case concerning documents being turned over to the House January 6th committee. Yeah. I'm sorry, who needs to be in jail? Um, yeah, who needs to be in jail? Justice Neil Gorsuch then came under fire as Politico reported he sold real estate to the head of a law firm with business before the court in a 2017 transaction that took place days after Gorsuch was sworn in as a justice. My citizen legislators, we're talking about the judicial branch of our government. Can you believe this? Can you believe this? Can you believe this? I, I truly don't understand how there is not a binding code of ethics the Court of the United States. Lifetime appointments, my citizen legislators, lifetime appointments. And now remember, we got three new conservative justices and it was all due to Trump winning the election. You got Barrett, Amy Comey Barrett, Neil Gorsuch, and Brett Kavanaugh. We're gonna have to live with that because they're gonna be on the court for decades. And why don't they have a binding code of ethics? L like, let's be real here. Clarence Thomas is in the pocket of Harlan Crow. And you're not going to tell me otherwise. So help me make sense. Make this, help me make this sense. Make this make sense. Help me that, help me with this. Because I don't, I don't, I'm like, I'm, I'm not understanding. I mean, yeah. So I, let's go into what was on the SCOTUS blog about this. And I'm going to quote from the SCOTUS blog. In his letter inviting Roberts to testify, Durbin noted that Roberts, quote, last significant discussions of how Supreme Court justices address ethical issues was presented in his 2011 end of year in report. Say what? 2011? It's 2023. So 12 years later, since then, Durbin continued, quote, there has been a steady stream of revelations regarding justices failing short of the ethical standards expected of other federal judges. End quote. The Supreme Court's, quote, decade-long failure to address them has contributed to a crisis of public confidence. End quote. Durbin concluded. For real? I mean, for real? I, I, I just, help me make this make sense, please. Help me make this make sense. Because I don't understand it. I really don't understand it. And, you know, 
Chief Justice Roberts' letter explained that the testimony before the, um, the Senate Judiciary Committee by Chief Justices has been, quote, unquote, exceedingly rare as one might expect, he suggested, quote, in light of concerns, end quote, about judicial independence and the division of power among the three branches of government. What the hell does that have to do with the, the price of tea? Roberts attached a quote, statement of ethics, principles, and practices bearing the names of all of the current justices to his letter. The statement did not directly address any of the issues raised by the ProPublica stories. The statement noted, among other things, that the justices, quote, consult a variety, a wide variety of authorities to address specific ethical issues, end quote, including their colleagues and lawyers at the court. The statement added that although the Judicial Conference of the United States, which manages the lower courts, does not supervise the Supreme Court, end quote, it has long, quote, contributed to the development of a body of ethical rules and practices, which are of certain significant importance to the justices. I call bullshit. Way to deflect. Way to deflect. I seriously doubt that you're saying that Congress can't ask for a binding ethics, code of ethics for the Supreme Court. When y'all have lifetime appointments, I, I, I'm, I'm like, help me again make sense of this. Make this make sense. Because I, I, I truly, I truly don't understand how you can sit there and say that, you know, they have lawyers and experts in the court that can help them, da da da. I don't, I don't, I don't, I, I truly don't understand it. There needs to be a binding code of ethics for the Supreme Court. There really does. Because, you know, what it hasn't been dove into who paid off Brett Kavanaugh's debt, credit card debt, who paid for his country club membership. None of that has been revealed. And quite frankly, inquiring minds want to know. I, I, I just, again, if you're going to do this, do it right. I mean, I, I just don't, I, I don't understand this. I truly, help me understand this. Help me understand this because I, I really would love to totally understand this because <clears throat> the things that have, you know, that have been done, I mean, okay, let's, let's go into some other stuff from the Forbes article. John Roberts has also come under scrutiny in light of reports his wife earned more than $10 million in commissions as a part of her work as a recruiter matching attorneys with law firms, some of which have had cases before the Supreme Court. Justice Samuel Alito came under scrutiny after the New York Times reported a conservative, conservative activist knew the ruling in 2014's Burwell versus Hobby Lobby 
after donors of his had a dinner with the justice, which sparked a separate hearing before the House Judiciary Committee in December. Conservative-leaning justices Gorsuch and Justice Brett Kavanaugh have also raised eyebrows for attending events and socializing with right-wing politicians and figures, with Gorsuch appearing last year at a closed press event for the Federalist Society alongside GOP politicians and Kavanaugh attending a holiday party hosted by the head of the Conservative Political Action Coalition, CPAC. Look, all I'm telling you is this, okay? One of the things that the article, the Forbes article talked about um, the hearing on the, in front of the Senate uh, Judiciary Committee um, was that this. Lawmakers have introduced three bills so far that would impose ethic restrictions on the Supreme Court, including bills introduced by Democratic senators Sheldon Whitehouse, Democrat from Rhode Island, Chris Murphy from Connecticut, and a more bipartisan bill sponsored by Senators Lisa Murkowski, Republican from Alaska, and Angus King, who's an independent from Maine. The bills all face long odds of passing a divided Congress, given the GOP's majority in the House and the Democrats' narrow majority in the Senate. Though the Murkowski-King bill likely has the best chances of making it through. Now, I want you to, here's a crucial quote that's in the Forbes article. Quote, to whatever extent the court does not subject itself to the highest possible professional and ethical standards or only begrudgingly does so to an even greater extent is depreciative not only its power, depreciate not only its power to preserve, protect, and defend the institution of the Supreme Court, it also depreciates its power to preserve, protect, and defend the constitutions of the United States, end quote. And that was from J. Michael Ludwig, a, a retired federal judge known to be conservative leaning, said in a statement submitted to lawmakers ahead of that hearing. Now, here's a surprising fact. Ludage and legal expert Lawrence Tribe said in, a state, said in statements to the committee that while they believe Congress has the authority to impose a code of ethics on the court, they took issue with bills such as King and Murkowski's that forced the Supreme Court to come up with its own code of ethics, believing that could raise legal issues with the separation of powers. That raises the possibility that the bipartisan bill could face legal challenges if it passes. Now, here's a chief critic, and this is also in the article by Forbes. The Supreme Court justices have defended their lack of a binding ethics code by maintaining they voluntarily follow the one for the lower federal judges. In his statement, declining the, um, the Senate Judiciary Committee's call to testify, Roberts attached a statement of ethics and principles signed by the nine justices, which said they voluntarily subscribe to ethical principles like disclosing conflicts of interest. Again, I call bullshit. Clarence Thomas is not doing that. Brett Kavanaugh is not doing that. 
Neil Gorsuch is not doing that. And then there's some key background. The Supreme Court's lack of an ethics code has become a growing controversy, source of controversy in recent years. And Justice Elena Kagan testified to Congress in, ten, in 2019 that the issue was, quote, something that's been um, thought very seriously about at the court. The Washington Post reported in February, the court has been actively discussing imposing a code of ethics for at least four years, but still hasn't been able to impose one or decided if they will. The six to three conservative leaning court has seen its public approval ratings plummet in recent years amid ethics controversies. And as the public has viewed the court as becoming too political, adding to the scrutiny of the court and ramping up the cries for justices to avoid conflicts of interest. Legal scholars and the American Bar Association have called for the court to impose a code of ethics. And Thomas's controversies involving Crow and his wife's political activism has also sparked calls for him to be impeached or resign. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> Yeah. Yeah. I yeah, they voluntarily follow the code of ethics for the lower courts, federal courts. No, y'all need your own ethics because this is a lifetime appointment. The high court of our land. The court of last resort. I'm sorry. Y'all need to be bound by ethics, by code of ethics, y'all do. And the fact that Clarence Thomas and his wife are beholden to GOP mega donors, to insurrectionists who want to overthrow our democracy just disgusts me to no end. But my citizen legislators, this is your branch of government, the judicial branch. And something gotta give, something has to give, it just does, it has to give. And, um, you know, I, I hope, I, I really, I sincerely hope that something is done and I hope it's done correctly by Congress. I don't want legal challenges, the Murkowski um, King bill. Okay, yeah, um, yeah. I just, again, I mean, you got the chief justice's wife, you got an associate justice's wife, you got Brett Kavanaugh, who just got somebody to pay off his debt, Neil Gorsuch in the real estate deal, right as he was about to be announced as the nominee, I mean, I, I, I sincerely, um, help me make this make sense. I know y'all gonna get tired of me saying that because I'm just confused. My citizen legislators, this is your judicial branch of government and Thomas needs to resign or he needs to be impeached. But in this moment, um, impeachment proceedings on the house, I don't see that happening. Um, them doing an impeachment trial in the Senate 
I don't see that happening. Not not in this divided government that we have right now. So I'm going to say this again. You know what I'm about to say. Elections have consequences. Elections have consequences. And we need to start supporting those candidates who believe in our democracy, who's going to protect and fight our, our democracy, who's going to defend, protect our constitution. That's what we need right now. But I wanted to talk about the judicial branch of government because right now, I mean, on this podcast, I've only talked about the legislative branch and the executive branch, but I really wanted to discuss this with you today because I think it's very important that the Supreme Court of the United States has a binding code of ethics. That's the least that they could do. I mean, and I and I appreciate the fact that, you know, all nine justices, you know, they signed the chief justice's letter. I get it. However, y'all not looking too good right now. I personally believe that the Supreme Court has been compromised. It has. It has been compromised and something needs to be done about it. We'll see what happens. We'll see how far the Murkowski King bill goes. <clears throat> I mean, we'll see. But I wanted to bring this to y'all's attention, my citizen legislators, because I want to make sure that you understand all three branches of our government. I really want you to do that. And this is, you know, the third branch of our government and it ain't pretty, but something needs to be done because if it's not, I mean, we're, we're just going to continue to see, I mean, like I said, it's a six to three court and it leans to the right, to the conservative right. And, you know, there's been much written about Clarence Thomas, you know, he truly believes that he's better than black people. I'm gonna say it again, he does, he truly believes that. He didn't believe in affirmative action um, and that's fine, but you know, he he's a true believer and that's scary and that's dangerous. And he needs to be removed from the court. He really does because he's a detriment to our democracy. The fact that he did not recuse himself speaks volumes, it just does. And the fact that he continues to hobnob with the likes of the Harlan Crows of this world and the fact that Harlan Crow has shelled out all this money. I mean, don't tell me that he ain't tainted cause he is. I, you know, Justice Thomas is tainted. He's tainted. Every, every one of his votes and rulings are tainted. It's poison from the same apple, which means that if you're gonna, you gotta look at everything. You do, you gotta look at everything. I mean, this man is gonna go after, they keep saying that they're not gonna go after anything after, you know, the overturning of Roe v. Wade, the Hobbs case. They're gonna go after same-sex marriage. They're gonna go after interracial marriage. They're going after transgender people. 
they're not going to just they're not going to stop with abortion they want a federal ban ban on abortion that's what they want there would be no exceptions of incest rape there won't there this is this is a war this is a war on women's bodies i mean it, it just it truly it it truly is um i don't know what to tell you it, it just, I mean, it just boggles my mind that we have to continue with this crap. But this is our third branch of government, the judicial branch. And on that note, my citizen legislators, I hope that you continue to tune in, watch, and listen to Topless Government, the podcast, on Spotify, my YouTube channel. I'm on TikTok. If you would like to suggest or recommend um, any topics for my podcast episodes, let me know. Reach out to me at toplessgovernment at gmail.com. Um, I will try and do um, another TikTok video to let you know what I've been doing. But tune in again. I mean, this is a cross between Schoolhouse Rock and Civics for the Masses. Thank you for tuning in. And, and, and look, I greatly appreciate all of you that watch and listen to my podcast. I really do appreciate it. And I hope that you will continue to do so. And I hope we can keep exchanging ideas and that I can just continue educating you about how your government works. Thank you and have a good day.